for Monday, April 6th, 2020. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, there's a lot we still don't know about the coronavirus, and it's that uncertainty that keeps Dr. Sandra Ford up at night. Are we going to see this again later in the summer? Do you only get it once? I mean, there's there's lots of things we're still trying to figure out. The director of both the Fulton and DeKalb County Health Departments joins me to discuss what her agencies are doing to respond to the pandemic. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. Fulton and DeKalb counties each have among the highest COVID-19 case counts in the state, and there's just one person heading up the health departments of both of those counties, Dr. Sandra Ford. She's been the head of the DeKalb Board of Health for many years. In Fulton, she served as interim health director for about a year. And she joins me now for a look at some of the challenges both counties are facing when it comes to responding to the pandemic. Dr. Ford, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. So I'm wondering if you can just kind of paint a picture for me to start of what the situation is like in Fulton County uh, right now when it comes to coronavirus, the pandemic, and, and, and y'all's response. So it looks like this morning's numbers bring us very close to 1,000 cases. We are trying to manage um, response. You know, the Board of Health has multiple functions. We are still trying to provide some basic level of service to the community. For example, distribution of WIC vouchers, which is a critical service, and um, some other essential services while also conducting testing, uh, well, specimen collection at our sites. So we've got a lot going on right now. You mentioned testing. What is Fulton County's testing capacity currently and where are those tests being processed? Are these ones that you're sending to the state public health lab or maybe private companies? What is, what is the testing situation like now in the county? So we have several different sources of testing. Um, we have a contract, uh, a long-standing contract with one of the labs. They are performing tests for us. Georgia Public Health Lab is performing tests for us. And we have recently created a contract with a new lab that will hopefully get us a faster response time. We are finding that a lot of the public 
labs, because so many institutions are utilizing them, have a tremendous backlog. And so it's taking quite a while to get our tests back, our results back. How many tests can y'all process a day and how long is it taking to get those back? I don't know how many tests we can process because they all go to the lab. So I don't know what the lab's capacity is by day. But our tests are taking anywhere between three days to a week, depending on which lab you use. And that's that's a problem. But our response to that is to recommend this whether or not you're, you have received your labs, if you are symptomatic, then you should certainly be conducting yourself as if you were COVID positive and not be waiting for a result. Do you have the testing capacity to, say, test everybody who might request a test? How would you kind of characterize what y'all's capacity is? No, I, no one has the capacity to test everyone who would like a test because I'm pretty sure everyone in the United States would like a test right now. We are still functioning with the um, recommended priorities as have been passed down by the governor and the Department of Public Health. And that would be individuals who are symptomatic, who have been referred by their physician, first responders, healthcare workers, and those who either live in congregate settings or serve those who live in congregate settings. So those are still our top five priority list for now until we have a much broader um, access to testing and a more rapid turnaround time for results. Do you foresee a point in time in the future where testing is going to be widely available to the point where testing is, is really ubiquitous? I think so. I think right now we have a pilot um, starting actually today with one of the pharmacies that is testing a rapid test where you can get the results in 30 minutes. So we're curious to see how that goes. If that is a viable test that has accurate results, that's going to be a game changer. Without widespread testing, it's kind of commonly understood that we're not going to have a clear picture of what this outbreak looks like. How clear is that picture for you now in Fulton County based on your, your testing capacity? It's not even a testing capacity issue at this point. Whatever results we're getting from actual lab tests, you should probably double or triple because what a lot of physicians are doing is audio visual assessments, for example, like a telemedicine kind of setup and diagnosing through that process, which would mean that they haven't had an actual test, but based on the symptoms, one would assume that they were COVID positive. So if you think about that number, you know, it's probably double whatever are actually receiving a test because, you know, for the most part, our recommendations at this point are, unless you are, you know, extremely sick, you know, don't go out, don't go to the doctor's office. And so a lot of primary care physicians are diagnosing COVID um, remotely, and so our numbers are probably much higher. We have no idea of the actual number of people who are truly positive because the tests, first of all, the tests are shot in time. And so what happens is you may be negative today and be exposed on Friday. And so I caution everyone that having a negative test in no way gives you carte blanche to change the behaviors that we've been recommending all along. And so I think that people are relying very heavily on test results when you really should all be sheltering in place and doing those precautions that have been recommended. Without that accurate picture of what the outbreak looks like in Fulton County, how as health director do you 
even start to plan a response. We know there's this problem, but without knowing the contours of it, what it actually looks like on the ground, can you effectively respond? Well, I think we do know what it looks like on the ground. I think um, it's much more extensive than whatever the lab results are showing us. Our response, as I said before, is the same to encourage the shelter in place order. The best way to try to curtail the spread of this virus is to avoid contact with other individuals. And we've been promoting that message for quite some time, and that hasn't changed. People really are understanding now it's a, the, the severity of this disease and, the, and how dangerous it can be to certain high-risk groups. And so people are very mindful. I see more folks out with their masks now. I see people wiping down surfaces. And so that that is our response right now is to make sure that people um, are isolating themselves and are using the appropriate uh, respiratory precautions. Fulton County was one of a number of local governments to issue a countywide shelter-in-place order um, in advance of the governor issuing one for the state. Will there be any impacts that will affect y'all in Fulton County from the county acting before the state when it comes to issuing an order like that? No, the the, uh, public health health directors have the authority to declare public health emergencies when the issues arise. And so that was uh, a response that was to based on the number of cases we were seeing. And so all of Metro actually had declared shelter in place orders, Gwinnett, Cobb, DeKalb and Fulton. So I think we were responding to the volume of cases that we were seeing. The issues that impact Metro Atlanta are not always the same issues that impact the state as a whole. And so um, for us, you know, the the issues around coronavirus, COVID-19 have been much more acute. You know, we're seeing the cases and I'm, you know, I'm also the director in DeKalb and for most of this um, time, DeKalb and Fulton have been number one and number two in the state um, until Dowdy popped up. So for us, it's a much more acute issue. So. I mean, we did what we needed to do for the, at the local level, um, but the governor has the whole state to manage. What kind of specific challenges do DeKalb and Fulton face when it comes to responding to the pandemic? Fulton and DeKalb are very different in terms of their organizational structure. In DeKalb County, um, the health department is a completely independent organization. And so we have a separate budget. We have separate personnel. Um, and I am the chief executive officer. So in DeKalb, all decisions that are made are made at my level and move forward. Um, I've also been in DeKalb for 15 years as the district health director. So we have a much more collaborative relationship with DeKalb County government. In Fulton County, the health department is not as independent. The county is the fiscal agent a significant proportion of the staff are still Fulton County employees. And so um, it's a different um, level of um, governance, I guess I could say, that some t- that creates some challenges at times in trying to get things done quickly. So maybe w- what I'm hearing is there's, there's a little bit more red tape in Fulton than in DeKalb. I would not use that word, but it's just a different governance, um, you know, uh, and it's a different relationship because I'm interim. I don't have the long-standing relationship with, you know, leadership that I have in DeKalb. And so um, 
it's just a very, very different setup. It's a challenge at times. I won't deny that. I am a single person trying to run two very distinct counties. I do not have a medical director on either team, which means essentially I have four jobs. It's a challenge on both sides. Um, and there's no getting around that. The expectations sometimes are, are unreasonable, I think, um, for one person to manage. I can't, you know, be on conference calls for two separate counties all day. And so we try to manage my time as efficiently as possible. But I think sometimes people are not as understanding about the demands of running two counties as I would like them to be. And so it, it becomes very challenging. I feel like it was sometime last month when you were speaking to the Fulton County Commission, you mentioned having a bunch of open positions in Fulton County. Um, these are positions that you seem to indicate you had the budget lines for, you just simply didn't have people. Walk me through what the staffing is like at Fulton County Board of Health. How many open positions do you have and, and how does that affect your ability to, to respond to this pandemic? Well, you know, I actually did not mention that someone else brought that up. <laughs> um, we actually only have right now, I believe we did a count last week, I believe it's 21 open positions, which is certainly not unreasonable for a staff of over 300. Our challenge right now, as would be expected, are clinical positions. You know, it's going to be very hard to find nurses anywhere in the United States right now. Um, I'm still looking for my medical director. Um, they're still looking at the state for a district health director to replace me. Um, I've been in this position now for a year. So those types of positions are a challenge. It's not um, general positions. These are highly specialized staff, and it's, it's, a, it's hard to find people who have a public health background right now who aren't already doing something. You know, there's a lot of competition in Metro among the public health districts. We ex exchange staff quite often. And so, um, you know, folks will go from one one county to the next. And so there's just turnover. I spoke with the director of the CDC last week, and, and he, he told me that for, for many, many years, America has underinvested in public health. And, and what we're really seeing now is some of that brought to bear. Staffing is maybe only one one part of your ability to address a pandemic like this. But at, at Fulton County, do you have the resources that you wish you had to, to fight this? Well, you know, I appreciate Dr. Redfield's comments because he is correct. I think our biggest issue is um, creating a, a salary base that's competitive. And that that is an issue. And that is a resource issue throughout Metro. Um, I will tell you, for example, in DeKalb, our health department is literally a half a block away from a major hospital that probably pays, you know, 30 or 40 percent more than, than I can pay my nurses. So there are some inherent challenges in terms of recruitment and retention of qualified staff throughout the nation, I would imagine, the public health community. We're running the health directors, for example, we're running agencies truly that have, you know, 30 to 40 million dollar budgets, you know, but that's not the compensation structure. So it's a challenge. You know, people who do this do it because it's their passion, not because they're expecting a, you know, enormous salary, but you still have to make sure that they're compensated competitively. And that's been a big challenge. Certainly, there has been um, a lot of federal money allocated towards fighting this pandemic. The CDC, I understand, has issued specific grants to state and local pub public health departments. 
Have you seen any of that federal money come in y'all's door yet? Both counties have received some significant funding that will help us. You know, there's a lot of issues related to this management of this current situation, including staff who are unable to come to work because school systems have shut down and so they have childcare issues. Um, our hourly staff that, you know, when they don't come to work, they don't get paid. And so we're trying to figure out ways to manage all of that. But yes, we have received funding. The funding will assist us in purchasing additional protective equipment now that it's been recommended that everyone has it. So we'll be, you know, having equipment for staff and for clients that come through. It will assist us in trying to reconfigure our health departments. Uh, we've had to consolidate services pretty dramatically um, as client load has decreased. And, you know, what does that look like in terms of our uh, requirement that to still deliver services? So, um, yes, we have received uh, some significant monies from the federal government, and we are very happy to have received them. There's been a lot of talk about peaks. We're expecting a, a peak here in Georgia of deaths and, and uh, sickness, really, towards the end of April. Um, but that is only one peak out of a potential number of peaks to come. How, as a county, do you both plan for the short term of this really immediate need while also keeping your mind uh, focused on the long term? I mean, this is no one. No one seems to think this is going to be a short a short problem. Right, and that honestly is what keeps me up at night. The the biggest issue with COVID-19 is it's a novel virus. And so we don't know a lot. And so as this continues to rage through the country, you know, we have lots of other questions. Is this a single peak virus or are we going to see this again, you know, um, later in the summer? Do you only get it once? I mean, there's there's lots of things we're still trying to figure out. And so we are as prepared as we can be about something we don't know about. I don't scare easy, but this has me really, really scared. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app, where you can also rate us and leave us a review. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If y'all haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. is full of mysteries. Are ghosts real? Is that yogurt expired? Hey, the unknown can be scary. But when you donate to WABE, you know where your money is going. Your gift supports the journalism that keeps you informed and the programs that pull back the curtain on complicated stories. Help us make the world less mysterious. Become a member now. Go online to wabe.org donate. And thanks.